it's gonna be fun dustin's with us he's brought this euro mount in which is very cool it's taking up the whole table here in front of us this is the actual animal it was just hey come help us with this hunt sure because you're used to hunting elk and that was a youth hunter you were helping that's correct i'm just so proud of abby she gets it done uh why calls the bull in from about 40 yards behind us the bull walks out gives her about a 75 80 yard shot one shot Abby does phenomenal. Bull goes down. Awesome. And then the work starts, though. Then yeah. The work starts. The work starts. It was a great experience to have this quality of elk in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just a phenomenal experience to be right in our backyard. And the odds are great. Around 90% of the tag holders harvesting the bulls in Tennessee. That's way better odds than what you'll see in the Western Mountains. Don't sleep on this, folks. It's time to apply. Yeah, so the deadline is the 28th. Get your name in the hat, February 28th. Because this is probably a once-in-a-lifetime deal here in Tennessee, and yeah. you, you want to have the best opportunity. 19 permits this year, 19 opportunities, one youth tag. So, yeah, get your name in the hat. The award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. we got some great shows lined up for you today. We're at Cumberland University. Uh, for This is the first show while we're here. Uh, we'll learn more about the campus on the second show, but... Uh, uh, Matt helped line these up, even though he's a Region 4 guy. Uh, he snuck over here in Region 2, and, and we're doing some shows. But he had some great ideas, so here we are, and looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Our guest today, uh, Sergeant Dustin Buttram, approached me about doing this show, and man, I'm stoked about it. It's, it's about elk and elk hunting. We're right in the middle of the elk quota hunt application period, running yes, out sir. of time to apply, so we're going to mention that as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and mention it. The 28th is the deadline, February 28th to apply for the elk uh, quota draw and uh, it's bumped up this year uh, and, and last year people think you know uh, may have missed it last year because we moved the, the time period but this gives more people more time to prepare for the hunt so apply a little bit earlier you can you can prepare for the hunt in uh, October so plenty of time to, to scout and make your way up there and, and take a look at the area that you want to hunt instead of it being late in the year you're running short on time and just going up there and hoping you run into one because this is as okay. you know it's probably a once in a lifetime deal here in Tennessee and yeah you, you want to have the best opportunity 19 permits this year 19 opportunities uh, one youth tag so yeah get your name in the hat uh, so Pause the show, go apply, and then come back and finish the show. <laughs> uh, it's going to be fun. Dustin's with us. He's brought this uh, this Euro mount in, which is very cool. It's taking up the whole table here in front of us. So this is a show you must watch if you're listening. But um, this is the actual animal that you helped guide. I should say guide. It wasn't a guide. It was just, hey, come help us with this hunt. Sure. Because you're used to hunting elk. You've hunted them before. You knew you know kind of what's going on and how to how to elk hunt so that was cool yeah you were was. able to help with that and and we get to share it on the show today and encourage people to apply and that was a youth hunter you were helping that's correct yeah so 16 year old we'll dive into all that today uh dustin thank you education and background tell us a little about yourself uh how you became an officer and a little bit about you know i think you may have been on a wildcast before i know we went graveling before but yeah uh, i've done it a couple times actually yeah. uh but uh dustin butchram i've uh, been on with agency since 2011 uh went to school and at tennessee tech and uh 
Of course, like everybody else, got the wildlife degree mm-hmm. and uh, started out actually here in Wilson County. Uh, That's so right. This is a this is my original stomping grounds. So been here. I started here, uh, stayed about three years, then transferred back home uh, uh, in District Thirty One. So I live in Putnam County now. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Awesome. And uh, so some of your hobbies, we've kind of touched on them a little bit. You like to gravel and and get out there hunt, fish. What else do you love to do? Yeah, just uh, being outdoors in general, but. Uh, the graveling, uh, the hands-on activities, just, uh, I think both of y'all actually got to sure. experience uh, uh, some of that on um, What's Bar. I think it's been years ago. Yeah, Jason, for me. I think, yeah, it's been like about 10 years ago, I think. Yeah, it's been and, a while. And, uh, Matt, uh, me, you, and Ricky, Ricky Lyle went last year, I guess. Maybe uh, it'd be two years, two years this ago. summer. Yes, okay. sir. So we're going to get that fired back up again. But uh, I, no, I discovered uh, Western hunting, uh, probably, I don't know, 14, 15 years ago. And that has pretty much took my passion over it's a it's an addictive place just mm-hmm. being in the mountains and uh you know hunting the uh, different class of animals it's just that's become just one of my absolute favorite things i think i about drive my wife crazy uh, because uh <laughs> you know, we go at least one week a year maybe two weeks and then the day i get back i'm already planning next year's trip and uh, i think she gets kind of tired of hearing about it but uh <laughs> it's uh, it is it's something different just to be a part of those hunts out there well that's something i mean you got a prepare and prep and and be in front of it uh, i know we were chatting before the show you know there's a lot of steps to try to go out west uh, a lot of money sometimes to to get those tags and get your name in the hat for those um yeah it's a you know it's for us the way we do it uh, it is a backcountry hunt everything we do it's just no no high fence obviously and it's it's not hunting from a vehicle you know mm-hmm. we usually backpack in somewhere between four and about eight or nine miles and that's wow. where we spend the week at uh, so it's a it's a lot different so it is a a, a physical prep it's a, a, a mental prep it's a, a gear prep there's so many steps to it uh, and the whole way here this morning i was on the phone with a uh, rusty thompson actually and uh, he hunts with us out there quite a bit and we're talking about next year already and it's looking at statistics draw odds you know there's a lot to it uh, and you can't as you said you just can't just throw your name in the hat and say hey i, I want to go elk hunting tomorrow you know or next week so but it, that's the part that's kind of fun about it. It's all the prep work. Tell us where all you've been out west hunting elk. Uh, so elk, mainly Colorado. Um, I have uh, guided some in the past in New Mexico. Uh, we hunt in Wyoming. I've not drawn an elk tag up there yet. But we those main three states uh, are where we try to frequent every year. And, you know, for somebody that's, that's never hunted elk, I, I hope to get to someday. Like, um, wh- where do you even start? Like, buying preference points and how, how do you know where to go it just seems overwhelming to me it, it is overwhelming and, and you got to you, you have to break down by state and kind of where you want to go uh colorado has probably one of the most opportunities uh, m- more opportunities for hunters to go because they do have the over-the-counter tags for a lot of units so they actually you could elk hunt as a non-resident in colorado every year uh over-the-counter units now they may not have giant class of bulls or a, a large number of those class of bulls but there is opportunities out there so that's the good thing about colorado so if we don't draw tags uh for a preferred state or preferred unit we can always just back up punt and do that over-the-counter hunt uh of course more people uh more pressure you know it leads into all that but i would say break it down to what you want to hunt where you want to hunt and then you know call that state and that most of those state organizations just like we do we got they got people answer the phone mm-hmm. that will help you plan that hunt how to get there what what to expect uh how many years you know if you want to hunt this type of elk uh, so th- there's a resources out there you just gotta you're gonna have to dive in and do some research and do some reading probably help to 
get with somebody that kind of knows the routine that would mentor you and yep. help you get started out yeah, there. That's a big thing, the gear and like the physical aspect. I get people every year they are calling me, hey, what what do I need? What What's the couple of key pieces that you need? And it gets expensive. Good gear is expensive. And, you know, light gear is expensive. And all that comes sure. into play. And then, uh, you know, just the physical uh, training regiment. Uh, so I, it seems like every every year there's more and more people calling me just saying, hey, what do I, what do I need to be prepared for? Yeah. And uh, so and I enjoy it. I love it. I love being able to get people, you know, fired up, ready to go do something new. Well, let's compare it to, to deer hunting just for a second. Um, you know, to deer hunt, you know, you can go grab the gun, go to the woods, <laughs> kill your deer and drag it back home without you know too much effort pretty much need a pocket knife and a gun right <laughs> you can get away with that and, and we have had elk hunters show up to, for our tennessee elk hunts that that really didn't know what they were getting into and they get this thing on the ground or i mean even if it's not a massive bull like this 330 inch one here i mean a, a average elk still gonna be what four or five hundred pounds probably so yeah i'd say bulls you know five up plus uh you know most of the ones that that i've uh, dealt with are in that six to seven hundred pound range mm. so it's yeah it's a little more uh it's a little more to handle <laughs> and uh you know one of the first times we ever killed uh one we killed two uh i killed a cow and a, uh, a bull i killed a bull and my friend killed a cow and he just simple things he said hey uh let's take a picture of them together and i'm like well we can't move them i mean you, know, you can't just drag it over there so uh it's you know simple concepts that we're so used to is uh it's just not possible there um uh, and like uh, the way we hunt them, you know, there's no, there's not tractors to load them. You can't get your truck there. So it is all quartering them up, put them in a pack, and, and walking them out. You know, uh, it's uh, and most of those units that we hunt out west are, are walk access only or horseback. And uh, so when you kill a bull at five miles, that's five miles back to the truck, five miles back. So that's ten mile round trips. And generally, it takes uh, about four backpack loads to pack one out uh to get all the the meat out so wow you can add you know if you're by yourself you're looking at close to 40 miles uh to get one bull out so it's it's uh it's not easy sometimes i would question myself after i kill one why do i still do this <laughs> it's all fun until you get it, it on is, the ground right is. so uh, i got a friend west trent back home and he and a friend go every year to colorado and hunt and they went i bet you they went four or five times before they killed one but mm -hmm. they were that fired up about it and that you know hell-bent on success that they kept going till they finally got one sure. um talk about the success rate of this type of activity you know it's uh, a lot of it's going to come down to how much effort you put in and how much preparation how far can you get from the truck uh i, I was very spoiled uh my first trip i had no idea what i was doing i mean i'll just be honest i mean i knew how to hunt you know play the wind uh, you know just be a good sportsman Got out there, snow hit first morning, mm. and it, there was zero snow in the forecast. Uh, so it snowed about 18 inches first first night, <laughs> and which was a blessing and a curse. Uh, tough walking for sure. We get about uh, three and a half miles in, and we're just wore out. And we look down, and there's fresh tracks, which, you know, that was what the snow, and, and was able for the first morning ever ever cut and killed a, a nice six by six. Wow. And, uh, that does not happen every time by any means. That <laughs> yeah. was a that was a, a, a spoiled first trip. I mean, because were you even prepared for snow at all? Did no. you? I mean, in your gear. gear? No, I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't. I had good boots. That was which is probably one of the best things I could tell somebody uh, that don't go cheap on boots. But mm -hmm. uh, other than that, no, we was not prepared. Our tents were collapsing, and our face just you know you'd wake up in the tent and be right there because all the snow. You know, we just yeah. we just wouldn't was not prepared for. Didn't know what to prepare for. And it seems like every year, you know, again, this this year will probably be my 
roughly 15th trip and it's every year i'm tweaking gear buying better stuff or just being more prepared but uh you know first few years we done really well we killed some really good bulls for public land we killed a uh the, the next year killed a 300 inch bull uh which again public land is is really awesome mm-hmm. um and then we've had those dry spells <laughs> we've uh went home with uh empty tags and empty coolers several years yeah. that's just a part of it part I, of hunting yeah i think i read some stats uh on the units we hunt uh, non-residents have about eight or nine percent success rate in some of those units so it's it's not just because you buy a tag or get drawn that you're going to go kill it. You came home with one the first time, though. Oh, cool. <laughs> rather be lucky than good. That's what my dad said. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Luck can change. Yeah. Talk about eating, what, tag soup? Well, yeah, day. tag soup. Plenty of it. It's probably pretty bitter, isn't it? You know, <clears throat> the first couple of times I didn't kill, you know, the, we used to drive a lot. And, of course, it's about a 24-hour drive to get to where we was going. And you got a lot of time to think on the way home. And that first time or two, I was, I was kind of, you know, just sick to my stomach. You know, it was a lot of money uh, tied up. And and then I started realizing, you know, let's just say we've got $1,000 in the tags and the, the fuel or whatever. And, uh, you know, we spent a, a week sleeping at 10,000 feet under the stars in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. You know, that that... Pretty that's cool, how that's I, pretty cool it's, vacation it's cool experience you know <laughs> so i i go ahead and just when i apply for tags it, I, it's a success already as soon as we leave the house hey that's not many people get to do this so it's yeah. taken me 44 years to grasp that i'm so um dead set on being successful in whatever it is i'm doing and if i go out and i don't have success i feel like i failed yep. but i've realized you got to enjoy the hunt you got to enjoy the trip um, because the the killing or the catching part doesn't always happen it doesn't and it I, I thankfully got over that pretty quick. Uh, or you, you, I guess that you didn't have no. Other, I had no other option. <laughs> it's, sure. it's, yeah. uh, it's either be be mad all the way home, or just say, you know what, that was that was an awesome experience. Well, help help me figure this out. Um, talk about some successes and some failures. Like looking back, man, if we had just done this differently, we probably would have had a bull on the ground. Uh, Any of those things come to mind? Just uh, slowing down. Slow uh, down. You know, that was a big thing. I, I can think of several different times where we blew elk out. Uh, they're not always vocal, mm-hmm. you know. And so I can relate it better. You brought up deer hunting. It's deer hunting as far as the species, but it's turkey hunting. Yeah, that's what uh, I was about to say. You know, it, turkey it's hunting. A, them up. It's a 700-pound turkey. I mean, that's what it is. So uh, That's a uh, loud gobble. It is a loud gobble. It's one of those that you feel it when you hit it, but uh, or when you feel it when it hits you. Yeah. Um, a couple of times, you know, the wind's easy, uh, you know, for especially Western hunting. You know, you do have those thermals that are rising and falling. So you can, we don't have the swirls out there. So it's, that part's not hard uh, at all. And that, the walking part ain't hard for, for us. We, you know, we train really hard to be prepared for that. So there's been times we'll hear a bugle and it's like, boom, let's go. We got to get mm-hmm. to that bugle. And we're moving, 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 moving. And you don't realize that was the elk one holler over and next thing you know you're, you're standing in the middle of a group that you didn't anticipate so yeah. you know, slow down and uh you know that that would probably be my biggest mistake is just trying to get there before somebody else gets there or get there before they move because those elk are, are generally you it's you got about an hour in the morning an hour and evening to kill them they're, they're going from uh bedding they're feeding all night uh, you know, so they'll come over most of the time that they bat on the north side of the mountains where the dark timber is. Mm. So about an hour before dark, hour and a half before dark, they're coming over to feed. They'll feed all night. Then about an hour after daylight, 
they're going back over. And when I say it's not like they're just jumping one hillside, I mean, these elk are moving miles and they can cover really fast. So we're always trying to get that window. So if you hear one or see one, you better be trying to get it done during that time. But uh, it's uh, it's bit me a few times. Wow. Well, if you're just joining us, we're here with Sergeant Dustin Buttram. He's telling us about some of his elk hunting experiences. The main reason we pulled this show together was to encourage people to apply for the elk hunt. Uh, the elk application period is open right now through February 28th. Um, it's uh, one important thing we want to talk about is the youth hunt because he got to help uh, a friend of his uh, help his help his daughter, you know, uh, get her first elk here in Tennessee. So uh, if you're if you're a youth and want to apply, it's what 13 to 16, right, Matt? Correct. You have to be at least 13 on or before October 12th, and you cannot have turned 17 on or before that date okay to apply for the youth tag and to apply for one of the general uh quota hunts you have to be at least 16 years of age or older you can't put in for both you have to put in for either or if you're 16 so um and like you said you can't turn 17 before that that date but just go to our website tnwildlife.org uh the press release is there the information is there and as always go outdoors tennessee.com to apply but let's jump into the story uh tell us about how you uh, introduce us to your friend, sure. uh, his daughter, and the story of taking this, taking this bull massive. Yep. Bull. So, uh, Abby Binkley is the one who drew this tag, and yeah. her dad, uh, Brandon Binkley, which uh, I, I know him as Binks. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, when I met him. Actually, I was out hunting. I was a guide in New Mexico, and uh, him and some uh, uh, colleagues were there, and that's how we hit it off. Just got to be form a great friendship. Right. And, uh, so hunted with him there, and. Uh, just had a ball with him, and a couple years later, he calls me up. He's I went and I started seeing him a lot. He fishes the caney a lot, and I'd see him down there, and just again, just started getting to be you know true friends, not just a client, and uh, building those friendships. Yeah, absolutely. So he he calls me up one day and says, "Hey, let's go, let's go to Colorado. I'd like to go with you, and uh, let's do a not a non-outfitted hunt." And I said, "Absolutely, come on." And uh, so he did. He came out with me and uh, uh, White Thatcher, a good friend that actually joined us on this hunt, and he he rented his horses, and man, we. We spent uh, again another week in the mountains on horseback, and uh, I, I thankfully I killed a, a five by five that trip, and unfortunately Binks did not kill. Uh, <laughs> so fast forward a few more years till, uh, till I guess it's probably last summer. I get a phone call from him, and he says, "Man, you're not going to believe this. Um, my daughter drew the Tennessee Elk youth tag," and I was like, you, "You've got to be kidding me! That that's awesome." Yeah. He said, "Yeah," and I just think it'd be so cool. You took me on my first elk hunt. You know, you're the only person I ever elk hunted with. What do you think about going with us? To Tennessee and elk hunting, I said, "Man, I'm, I'm in, hundred percent." Yeah. I mean, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta persuade me. I, yeah. I was tickled to death. Uh, so that's kind of how it got fired up, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so I, it was a learning experience for me, and uh, I was blown away by the experience. I'll go ahead and tell you, it was phenomenal. Um, made some trips up there, scouted, and I instantly, uh, 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 Brandon Marlowe, the manager up there, got with him, and uh, he was showing me some just the area mm-hmm. and. Uh, some of the sign, and I, I've been around elk, elk hunting enough that the sign I'm seeing is big elk. I mean, you know, we're yeah. talking trees just completely tore to pieces, and, and not just here and there. I mean, we're, we're on some hot spots, and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling confident. Yeah, know? that's all. And uh, he's showing me trail camera footage and, and didn't have this bull here on there, but had some similar size bulls. Uh, so I'm, I'm more, I think at this point, I'm probably more fired up than Abby is. I'm just tickled to death. I'm like, <laughs> you're gonna have a fun hunt. Uh, so, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, opening or the week of, 
uh, we get settled up the night before and you know can't even hardly sleep at night we camp there on the wma oh wow and uh, just made it a a real experience for her and uh and and i'll say abby you know she's she's has a background hunting but obviously never elk hunted so Mm. she is fired up and uh the whole family was just awesome to deal with Uh, again great friends and uh one thing binks kept saying was uh and, and again white thatcher was there with us and uh uh Ray Howell, too, is a guy that works with Binks. Uh, we're all there, and, and Binks just kept saying, guys, this ain't her hunt. This is our hunt. This is our hunt. And I'm like, no, man, it's it's her hunt. It's her tag. And he's like, no, this is going to be a fun experience for all of us. So it's not just what she wants to do. It's not what I want to do. And so that was just how the hunt started. It was just a laid-back a group friendship. of guys, yeah. a group of friends, and, and his daughter just enjoying the hunt. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we knew where we wanted to start opening morning. Uh, and, again, it's think turkey hunting. Uh, you know, Go out, find a place that you can hear a uh, long ways before daylight. So that's what we're doing. We're set up and uh, uh, just kind of hanging out, talking. And sure enough, you know, 20 minutes before legal shooting light, the bulls start screaming. And it's kind of similar with turkeys, too. You can hear what sounds like a young a Jake mm-hmm. goblin versus a mature tom goblin. Same thing with, with elk. You'll hear some young bulls. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's good. We, we don't want to focus on that. There sounds one a little more mature, a little deeper, and then this guy fired off, and I'm like, that, "That's our boy. That's what we're here to hunt." And just that deep growl, um, instantly just knew this is who who we're after here. Um, at and, this point, have you called at all? No, no, okay. not just even, listening, just listening. So, is, could there have been a mistake made that you started calling right then, trying to get him come to you? Pro- probably like so. Turkeys, uh, yeah, you don't want to call too. You early don't want to call too early because he yeah. could have been right in our lap. Yeah. Uh, and when he started bugling. Probably within 400 yards, 500 yards. I mean, it was close. It was wow. we were set up in the place we needed to. Uh, so we there's no road. Road we walk in and uh, we're trying to get up to him. <clears throat> Again, we're trying not to get there. It's it's daylight. It's legal shooting light, but it's real cloudy. So you know how it is in the woods. It's it's dark. I mean, it's you could legally shoot him, but I don't know that you could see to shoot him. So we're taking our time, taking our time, and uh, there's a little bit of a hump and. Uh, and there's a lot of weeds on this hump, and uh, I'm in front, and Abby's right behind me, and uh, you know, trying to slip up here so we can make sure we don't bump anything again. I've learned my lesson: slow down. <laughs> and uh, I turn and look at Wyatt. Uh, he's behind Binks, uh, so he's about four deep. Uh, we're all in single file line, and he said, "Come tap his ears. You hear that?" And I said, "Yeah." And I'm trying to figure out what this noise is, and I hear it again, and I'm like, "It's close." And I, I tell everybody to squat down, and here's our first bull. I mean, we're at three minutes into it, and within less than 20 yards, I see antlers tearing a tree to pieces. Oh, wow. And I'm just like, wow, this is fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I can see the look in Abby's eyes. I mean, she's like, this is happening already, you know. And uh, to the point I lean over, I'm like, is that something you want to harvest? You know, I mean, it's that close. Bang. Uh, I'd have killed it, man. And it, it, it was a four by five. It was a real, I mean, very respectable <laughs> bull. Uh, yeah. It was definitely not a mature age class. It was probably, you know, a two or three year old bull. Mm. Uh, but in your face experience. And again, I'm comparing all this to out west where you don't always have that. You, you know, you, you may not even see an elk all week. Or if you do, it may be uh, 200 yards off it may be yeah maybe crossing 700 yards off or a mile off uh so here it is you know first 10 minutes and got a bull within bow range you know and, and again this is a gun hunt so wow yeah uh, so this bull goes on and uh 
she says, you know, this I'm going to wait. I'm like, okay, no, no problem. Don't wow. blame me a bit. I don't make it five steps further, like legit five steps, and gaining just a little bit of elevation. And I look out and I see this this bull standing out this, there. This one right. This right here. And uh, the first thing that hit me, and again, it's it's still dark. I mean, it's still again within just a couple minutes of legal light. I can't get over the body size. And again, I've skinned elk. I don't know how many elk I've skinned and quartered up. And I instantly see, I'm like, this thing is huge. I mean, it's such a big body animal. Not counting the, the antlers sticking out. And he's about 100, 110 yards. And I told Abby I was not going to tell her what to shoot. Uh, when we were prepping for his hunt, I said, hey, true hunt. I'm not going to tell you. When I saw this bull, I said, you need to shoot this bull. Yeah, this, yeah, is, this it. is it. This is the one you need to be looking at. <laughs> and uh, just the way it happened, it was going away. And it was, again you got that short period of time to kill his elk before they go back to bed. And that's what this elk was already doing. He was an old mature bull. He was, he's fed out all night out, out there and he was, he was heading for cover. And, uh, so I tried to get her to shoot it and her height difference. She could not get over the, the weeds that mm. were in front of us. Every yeah. time she tried to get, see it, she was too low. So we're okay. I'm, you know, we're in, we're in, uh, uh, just game mode here. It's time. Oh, we, yeah. we need to be moving. So, Again, turkey hunting, we're going, we know this elk's going away. So we pull a big circle, make a big loop, and get out in front of it. And I'm uh, I'm not super familiar with this country, so I'm I'm looking through the maps as we're walking and calling. And he's responding. He's bugling. I mean, he's he's doing everything he needs to be doing. And uh, looking at, at the map, there's an looks like an old road going up the backside of where he's going. So I'm like, okay, let's go hit that road. Well, the old road was very grown up. And uh, so I tell... Wyatt, uh, uh, I said, hey, as we're walking, you just call. Cover our noise up. Make it sound like there's a herd of elk coming. Mm. And he does just that. He does perfect. And so me and Abby's going up through it, and it's just thick briars, uh, privet, just way thicker than what I thought it was going to be. So we get up there, and uh, I'm calling at the same time. And next thing I know, I hear him coming in. This time he gets within uh, within 20 yards at this bull. He can't get to us. I see him leaning his head, trying to get through all the brush to get to us because we're cow calling and, and bugling at the same time. Mm -hmm. So he thinks somebody's in his territory mm -hmm. taking his cows. Abby's behind me, and at one point, I see, I see it. All I can see is his face. I mean, that's how close this elk is, you know. And again, giant animal. I mean, it's a little bit intimidating. And yeah. I look at her, and I said, you know, get ready. I don't. It's so thick, I don't know if you can shoot. And I can see the look in her eyes. She had that, I'm nervous, like uh, excited but nervous. I mean, it's a big animal yeah. close. Long story short, we, we couldn't get it. It was just too thick. Couldn't get it done. So he goes on. I think he catches our wind a little bit. Uh, so we're like still in hunting mode. We're, we're kind of following. And next thing we know, uh, I come over looking across the holler, and I'm, uh, she's behind me. And instantly, Ray says, hey, uh, there's a bull out there. And we're looking. I think it was just shy of 300 yards. There's three more bulls. So here we are in the first, let's say, less than 20 minutes of the hunt. This is our fifth bull in Tennessee He's on them. that we're on. I mean, that mm. that does not happen all the time. I mean, this is phenomenal. And that's one thing I, that I really took away from this hunt was I ain't even saw a cow yet. I mean, we're looking oh, at wow. five bulls yeah. that are all killable and all worthy of killing. I mean, they're not just scrubs. I, mean, I think the smallest one was like a three by three all the way up to the, you know, a couple six by sixes. Mm -hmm. And that was just the, such a cool experience for me. And, and for the whole, everybody there is just like, wow, we're into this hunt. I mean, it's, it's, it's on steroids. I mean, this is awesome. Yeah. And uh, didn't get it done that morning. Uh, you know, just missed opportunities that were just out of our hands. You know, mm -hmm. just the, the weeds, just the, 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 they're still dark. Still got to hunt them. But could not ask for 
first day of her uh, elk hunting experience to have that many opportunities that close in your face just awesome yeah uh so then so fast forward fast forward <laughs> sorry time limits coming oh, up oh, sorry so the next morning uh, we didn't get done that evening next morning we go back to the same place and uh the bull was within 100 yards of where he was the, the morning before and Ab- i'm just so proud of abby she gets it done uh wyatt calls the bull in from about 40 yards behind us the bull walks out gives her about a 75 80 yard shot one shot Abby does phenomenal. Bull goes down. Awesome. And then the work starts, though. Then yeah, the work starts. The work starts. I think it's cool about the calling, how that how you're sneaking through all that brush. You're like, call. So it sounds like it's a herd yep. coming, and you're and you're calling from down the hill, or yep. it's bringing him in. That's cool. Yeah. It was a great experience, and uh, you know, for to have this quality of elk in Tennessee, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's just a phenomenal uh, experience to be right in our backyard. And, and the odds are great. The odds are great. I, I think uh, they were talking about, you know, around 90% of the the uh, tag holders harvested the bulls in Tennessee. That's mm-hmm. way better odds than what you'll see in the Western Mountains. It's weather dependent. If the weather's good, then the, the success seems to be really good. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, don't don't sleep on this, folks. It's time to apply. Yeah. So the deadline is the 28th. Get your name in the hat, February 28th. Uh, there's uh, 19 opportunities this year, including the one uh, the one youth tag. So. Better thanks for sale. Thanks for sharing the stories. Absolutely, uh, guys. It's been fun. Thanks for bringing this in so we could see yeah. it. And uh, get out there and do it. Get out there and chase them. Uh, this is Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Keep coming back, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.